0: I look just like Batmite. Nah. <laughs> Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bolsby and Melissa Kirscher.
1: listeners to another episode of xanadu cinema pleasure dome i am one of your hosts wendy but i am joined as ever and as always by my fabulous co-host
0: hi i'm melissa (laughs) (laughs) her name is just hi (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Apparently she was surprised
1: by that one. Do we want to try that again?
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. We're good. We're good. Okay. Uh, (laughs) This
1: week, listeners, we are joined by a special guest star, a returning guest star, a frequent correspondent, 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 he can do both. He's a correspondent in Movies of the Weird. He is, of course, Kelvin Hatley.
2: Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm here again for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) They can't keep me away.
1: The reason is it's time for our second annual Bee Fest episode. Yay! Yay. Yay. (laughs) Well, listen, Kelvin went to Bee Fest in Chicago, and we're going to hear all about it. Oh, yeah. Again, about this year's iteration. But before we get to that, what's
0: everybody drinking?
2: Kelvin, what are you drinking? I I am drinking uh, a beer. From New Glarus Breweries in uh, Wisconsin, uh, I, I'm drinking uh, what is probably the last of their Staghorn Oktoberfest. <laughs> my- I can't imagine there's too much of that left now.
0: Yeah, my, the the uh, remainders of my case of Oktoberfest that I bought back in November, I still had a few, so Calvin is drinking one of them. Yay! Yay. It's very tasty.
2: It is a good beer, yeah.
0: I, uh meanwhile, I am drinking the original Green River. That's what it says. Uh caffeine free since 1919, thank God. So uh, yeah, th- <laughs> this, this is a uh soda that is really toxic colored green. It's really
2: extraordinary. It looks like somebody the green just slime. <laughs> Green Slime.
0: Green slime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh,
2: Mankind has stared into space in wonder
0: <laughs> for thousands
2: of years. Of course, Kelvin. Yeah.
0: Uh, so uh, one of our friends who goes to Bee Fest, uh, actually one of our ringleaders, uh, Tim, ha- has a fascination for the Green River soda. It's a lime soda. And uh, he gave me one of the bottles before I left because he heard I had never tried it. So I am drinking that bottle right now. And it's very tasty. It's very lime. Very lime. Neat. Mm-hmm. Very tasty.
2: Just one of those weird little, you know, regional sodas that is probably well-known in Chicago. And the second you cross the city limits, you know, everyone's like, what?
0: Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. it It is made in, in Chicago, if I remember right. And that's, yeah, it, it says Chicago original. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as Prohibition was established in
1: 1919.
0: Yeah. Green River Soda was introduced to the world. So it's one of those breweries who went into soda making when Prohibition started. Uh, the lime-based ah. soda, uh, with its vivid green color, was an immediate hit. Today, we celebrate Green River's rich
2: history. GreenRiverSoda.com A lot of those weird regional sodas happen because of Prohibition. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and Green River makes more sense now that I know it's a local Chicago company. Yep. yep. Because they turn the river green.
2: Yeah, which,
0: which always seems like a really bad idea. It, <laughs> to it, it me. seems, yeah, deliberate. It pollution. looks weird. <laughs> yeah, um. it looks
1: weird when they do it. Like that's not healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's it shouldn't not good. be that
0: color. Not good. Not good. Not good for you. So, Wendy, what are you drinking?
1: Mm. Okay, so H E B, the local grocery store, has these delightful sparkling soda flavored water things, which Uh um, I've been guzzling by, (laughs) oh my God, guzzling by the caseload, um, the orange mango. So it's mostly sparkling water, but it has more flavor than like a La Croix, which, so it covers up that bitterness of sparkling water really nicely. Mm -hmm. They've got lots of great flavors, but I'm on an orange and mango kick and it pairs very nicely with sake. Nice. So I've got a sparkling sake, orange, mango flavored thing in my hand. And it's uh, quite tasty and drinkable. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Mm, that oh. sounds good. Go me.
2: Okay. <laughs> Beverages. <laughs>
1: Woo. So, hey, you two. Yes. I want to hear about your exploits to, (laughs) to, in and from Chicago. And
0: exploits we did. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, the tradition usually is, you know, we go in on uh, Thursday nights, we hang out with people at a tiki bar, have some sleep. And then on Friday, we do this 24-hour film marathon called B-Fest. And it happens at Northwestern University in uh, the Norris – The Norris Student
2: Center, which is, you know, sort of their – Student union. Yeah. They don't call it that, but yeah, that's
0: what it is. Yeah. And it's uh, just the uh, auditorium in there and we take it over. Mm -hmm. And this thing has been going on since,
2: I think, 1981 – It's been going on for a while. Uh, Yeah, early mid '80s. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and it's always been this vast celebration of B movies, bad movies, good B movies, weird movies. You know, whatever they want to throw at the screen. And uh, it's 24 hours. They start 6 o'clock at night and end at uh, 6 o'clock p.m. the following night, which is a lot harder than how you do
2: uh but <laughs>
0: which yeah. starts at noon and ends at noon. Because, boy, you start in the evening. You're already kind of tired
2: by the time you go in. Yeah, I, I assume it's to accommodate. Um, it's to work around the students. Yeah, working around the students. Mm-hmm.
1: That, no, that does sound rough, actually. Yeah, That's actually a, a full I day I don't know if I've just gotten
2: practiced at it or used to it or whatever, but this was like the best year I've had so far in terms of not feeling like I'm going to die tired or beat up or anything. I actually yeah. came out of it pretty good.
0: Yeah, same here. And I don't
2: know exactly how that happened.
0: But. Well I, I think I, I have a good idea, but we'll get into that yeah. once we go into the
2: lineup. But <laughs> It's uh, called common sense.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: we also, <laughs> this year. Oh, no, 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 none of that.
0: This year we also drove in on Wednesday night instead of. Thursday, which I loved, yeah, yeah, so we had yeah. Thursday to bum around Chicago with our friends as they collected from all over the United States, and um that was a blast, you know, we ran
2: down to we went to the Lincoln Park Zoo,
0: yeah, we went to the Lincoln Aww. Park Zoo hung and the
2: there. uh uh oh, what do you call it the the plant place.
0: The plant plays the, the conservatory. Conservatory.
2: That, I knew there was a term for it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw a kookaburra and it didn't make any noise and it was so sad. Was the kookaburra in a gum tree? Well, you know, kind of.
1: Do Do we all know that song? Yes.
0: Okay. Good. Yes. But the kookaburra I didn't did not. sing it. Yay. Well, apparently, apparently everybody else got into the room before I did, and it was doing full on jungle noises. And then I walked in and it shut up. And it's like. God damn it, the first time we ever see a kookaburra, yeah. I don't get the kookaburra noise. Me, of all people. Yeah. That's, that's just not right. <laughs> that shit ain't right. But anyway, so we were bumming around the zoo and we, you know, did that. We went to the tiki bar and hung around. We This year, we all kind of went in costume to the tiki bar. We yeah. had. um Tim, who supplied me with the Green River soda, but ugly ugly suit jackets and ties at a thrift store for everybody.
1: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: and so we we showed up with the ugliest suit jackets and ties. I actually um,
2: I now have a great costume if I want to play a 1970s used car dealer.
0: That was an amazing tie.
2: Yeah. That really was a spectacular tie. <laughs> I can't quite explain the pattern of it. Um closest I could come would be like a bunch of mutated flare delises over a field of pink
0: yeah and and orange
2: <laughs> yeah yeah there
0: 's a pink and orange thing going and it 's horrifying. Yeah, I wound up with like a 1970s men's sweater, one of the brown ones with the light brown stripe down the front, like cardigan oh, style, that buttons yeah. down. the It's like you see that sweater, you go, I know what that sweater is because it was so <laughs> popular in the 70s. So, that, And it actually looks great on you. Yeah. Cause like I can, legitimately. I can do that sort of thing. Yeah. Because I'm cute.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you are.
0: <laughs> so anyway, we had fun at Holakahiki and
2: um went to uh, Oh oh
0: God. I um I did allow myself some alcohol in in Chicago. So, so I've been dry for like three weeks and then had two zombies at the tiki bar. <laughs> oh
1: my goodness. Oh god.
0: <laughs> I wasn't driving. So no. oh boy. Those were tasty
2: zombies, but wow. Yeah. I had the Halakaliki's uh, signature drink, which is, I, I don't even really know what's in it. It's just, you know, an assortment f- of rum and fruit juices. Like most of the things. That yeah. So- and then and then I followed it up with a coffee drink for some Unknown reason.
0: Well, because you have this thing for coffee. I have
2: this thing for coffee. I suppose that's what, yeah. yeah.
0: And then we went back to the hotel, and this hotel has <laughs> has caught on that like most of the people who stay there over the same weekend every year go to b-fest so they've started just out of the blue giving us like the the Beefest discount. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And and so we take over the lobby and we we were playing um and it's just, DVDs you know, in the lobby.
2: Yeah, it's it's just like a best western out in,
0: in Morton Grove. Yeah, like yeah. like
2: the very generic suburban Chicago.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a little little two story. Motel hotel, n- nothing terribly special, but um, we just
2: kind of adopted it as, as base camp for
0: some reason. <laughs> no, they're they're good to us, which yeah, is oh why. Yeah. And um and so we we start playing Tarkan versus the Viking in the lobby. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. <laughs> so Tur- Turkish uh, fuzzy Vikings and
2: everything. And the, you have seen this, have you? Have you, Wendy? Uh, Wendy oh. didn't get to see it but she knows of it and has seen it. You have to it. see Tarkin versus the Vikings at some yeah. point Wendy just Yeah.
1: I have seen just a trailer for the cost, for
2: it. Just for the costuming uh disbelief. Choice. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I've I've shown her photos of it. It's amazing. So uh, dear <laughs> listeners um the the Vikings are dressed in fun fur. It's amazing. So they picked up bath mats and, and yeah. just sort of stapled them around their waist and mm-hmm. And um uh, <laughs> they're like fuzzy pom-poms on the shields and
2: everything. And the the uh you know Inflatable octopus monster. Yeah,
0: I, that was even worse than I remember it being. <laughs> that was astoundingly bad. So it there, is, it's like a pool toy. So there's this 18-year-old kid working the counter that night uh, in the lobby, and uh, he's he's watching Tarkin vs. the Vikings like... I don't know what this is, but I'm on board. And he's, he was really getting into it. So, like, after that, we we played Gymkata. And, um, you know, eventually, you know, people run off and go to sleep. And finally, it's down to, like, Mark, myself, and this 18-year-old hotel desk clerk <laughs> watching Gymkata. And apparently, this kid is also, like, a, a, a mercenary <laughs> in his spare time.
2: <laughs> I didn't what? know that.
0: Yeah, he was a mercenary. So we had some very interesting conversations until like four in the morning with the child mercenary. Oh, and um, friend of the podcast was part of our crew this year. One of our fine Brian's, William Donahue was uh, at b this year. I yeah. saw him
1: in your pictures. Yeah,
0: he uh, joined us at the Tiki Bar and then stayed at the hotel and everything. So um, the following day we uh, ran around with him and did our... You know, our breakfasts and our preparations and, uh, you know. Yeah, we, we, went always, to the-
2: we all go to this place called Omega Re- – it's called Omega Restaurant, uh-huh. which sounds weird, but it's this pretty astonishing breakfast place.
0: Yeah, it's a, a Greek family owned breakfast place and they have just the best omelets and crepes and things and blintzes and – I I literally started dreaming about the cherry blintzes this year, like three weeks ahead of time. It's like I need those cherry blintzes now.
2: So Minneapolis is strangely blintz deficient. I yeah, there aren't enough Jews here.
0: <laughs> but anyway, so we had our our uh, our blintzes, and then we went to the the Polish grocery store that we always go to stock yeah. up, and we bought our Polish water bottles. And what's
1: okay. How is a Polish water bottle different than a regular it's, water it, it's bottle? Some, it's
2: written in Polish. It, it's some uh, bottled water from Poland, and it has name that's like fourteen letters long, and looks like you punched your fist into a keyboard, and mm-hmm. I have no idea how to pronounce it. Yeah, uh, but all, I got the- I got there, and it's in a, like a really tall, skinny bottle, so it's kind of easy to. Take along with you, you know.
0: Yeah, and uh, all the letters on the on the bottle have like little slash marks and is where there usually aren't any in in, in normal American letters. So <laughs> <laughs> that that's what makes it Polish.
2: <laughs> but I got the lemon water, and it was some of the best lemon water I've ever had. Yeah, no, they have good good food. It, it's like a Polish. It's not really Whole Foods
0: like super. Like non-GMO stuff, but it's it's kind of of that like higher quality grocery store. It's it's called Produce World, and uh, they really do have like a really wide array of produce there. But the uh, the international food selection is pretty great. Yeah, I got a brick of dolmades. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was literally a two-pound brick of like uh, four individual packs of dolmades. So. <laughs> That was pretty. And
2: uh great. I always, I always mispronounce this, but I got I got some spicy prosciutto. Yeah. For sandwiches.
0: Yep. So loading up is important because you actually have to bring all of your food
2: along for B-Fest. Yeah, it's kind of there isn't really any way to get food when you're there. Yeah.
0: Although uh the student union has gotten a couple of uh fast food places that they didn't have before. There's a now a Subway in the basement. There's a mm. a Starbucks now. Yeah. There's uh, you know, Starbucks like little,
2: has been there for a while. Could but, you uh, get
0: delivery pizza if you wanted it? Not really, because they locked down the doors. Yeah, it's
2: locked down <sighs> in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah.
0: but that's okay. You know, it works out. So you get in. So we get in. We get into the
2: auditorium. And how uh, much
0: does Beefest cost? It's about thirty-five bucks.
2: Yeah, okay. thirty-five bucks. Yeah. That ain't bad. No, it's not bad at all. Very limited seating, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, general like, admission. Yeah, yeah, gen- yeah. It's yeah. it's not assigned seating, no. Okay.
0: Yeah, and they don't sell out every single seat, so people have a, at least have. I don't know. Maybe it, a it was of the seemed seats. really full this it year. It was really full this year, but they still they they still reserve open seats. Um, just so people have a little because bit of time because they know there's going to be
2: too much stuff.
0: Yeah, it's just you need place to put the stuff. So yeah.
2: and and it's a good and it's a good idea to get there like a couple hours before it starts because you're going to need to block out some seats for people yeah. pretty aggressively.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kelvin Kelvin and I were sitting with Brian and uh, the three of us had four seats. So we had a place to put pillows and jackets and sure bags so they and things. T- do they turn people away then? No, I, I, they sell out. They sell out. They just don't sell. It, it usually,
2: yeah, it usually sells okay. out online and stuff beforehand. Yeah,
0: okay.
1: And yep. so, and they open up the doors early so people yeah. can go in. Yeah. nice.
0: Okay.
2: Yep.
1: yep. I'm just trying to picture it. Trying to picture it. I know. To get, uh-huh. Be yeah. there.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, so then you have a couple of hours to uh, chat with people and get situated, and you know, pregame with your snacks, eat your Subway sandwich, whatever. You know, kind of ease into it, and then you know they start playing the movies. Pretty much right at six, and they keep playing them for as long as the projector works. <laughs> oh,
2: well, okay. Most well, we'll most of the movies are now digital projection, yeah. but but there's a couple uh, things that are still done uh, with. Yeah, like sixteen millimeter movie film. Yeah, yeah, we'll
0: we'll get to that one in a moment. So, so we start off with the Adventures of Hercules, which was an awesome way to start because it it stars Lou Ferrigno as Hercules. Oh my god, I know that movie.
2: Yeah, it's it's the sequel to that movie.
0: Yeah, which oh. is also
2: bonkers. I did bonkers. I did not realize that that there were two Hercules movies with Fer- Lou Ferrigno. But this wait, the I su- thought
1: it always started with
0: Plan Nine. No that's, no, that's that's, that's at midnight. midnight. Oh, sorry. That's midnight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we have to work up to Plan Nine. Yeah, we have to earn Plan Nine. Oh, so, oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah, so we so we go through Adventures of Hercules, which is delightfully weird. It it, it, it has it has about
2: the least plot of anything I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it's got Lou Ferrigno expressing himself through his pectoral muscles. It's got. <laughs> It's got all of the special effects from Xanadu, like to the point, you know, oh, yeah. like people walking around with the, the color halo around them, that little neon The halo. Greek gods are exactly the same. Exactly the same. So literally, Tim and Brian, were, another Brian, there's so many Brian's. we uh, were sitting behind me going, I'm alive, you know, whatever the gods <laughs> Yay! would show Because they've got up. the blue glow around them. Yeah. Oh, and dear listeners, the great thing about B-Fest, you are actually encouraged to talk back to the screen. So it is... Madness. <laughs> the first, the
2: first movie is always just chaos. You mm-hmm.
0: know? Yeah. So you you can sing, you can talk, uh, you can uh, and we scream. also we also
2: had the first technical thing wrong with the movie. Like uh, in in the show, they had to stop it after ten minutes and play the DVD through a, a, the player that was on the stage, not the one that was in the booth, because like apparently they couldn't hook up, they couldn't turn the sound way up.
0: Yeah. So from- they had to be able to turn the sound up over the sound of the crowd. <laughs> Like you do. Like you do. So yeah. We had a great time for for Hercules. <laughs> yeah. So so Luferigno keeps killing bad guys and then they turn into lightning bolts and he's like collecting the yeah. Lightning, yeah. lightning bolts like There's Pokemon. something about there's
2: something about he's trying to collect the the missing lightning missing thunderbolts of Zeus. Yeah. It's like there's the premise somewhere in here. Yeah. And and like like a monster dies and then suddenly it turns into what what looks like an athletic shoe logo or something. And yeah. And that's, oh, it's one of those missing Thunderbolts.
1: Does Lou Ferrigno talk?
2: Yeah.
0: Although well, no, so I he's think dubbed. I, I,
2: he's dubbed. He's very clearly dubbed. Yeah. It's an Italian produced movie, so everyone's dubbed.
0: <laughs> so really
2: it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I, it I, has something to do with preventing the moon from crashing into the earth.
0: Oh, that's right. I mean, literally at the end, the, the movie ends with Lou Ferrigno growing to massive size in space and putting one hand on the earth and one hand on the moon and stopping them from crashing into each other.
1: Aww. So,
0: so that, you know, obviously that's where the big handprint in Australia comes from. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> there's a handprint in no, Australia. No.
2: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but the, 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 climax of the movie is just so utterly weird. Like literally it, it turns into like a Tron-esque fight between a Tyrannosaurus Rex and a gorilla. <laughs> Wait, I, I... I know. Yes, yes, I, okay, I win- yes. yes. Okay, I witnessed the movie sober. I still have a hard time explaining what the hell happened in that there, scene.
0: There, there, there was a neon dinosaur versus a neon gorilla. That is what I saw.
2: <laughs> it, it's something like they were in the, the ethereal plane or something, and so they were taking on other forms, and it's just like a line-traced neon monsters fighting each other.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I literally, literally, it got to that point, and everyone was like, "This is perfect. This is B-Fest. This is the essence of B-Fest. We are watching neon monsters. You're, you're, you're dealing
2: with a crowd of about 200 people who are going to be totally into a gorilla versus dinosaur fight. You well, know? <laughs> that's my
1: those that's my kind of people, and I appreciate <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. So there's no judgment there. But I just was trying to figure out how Hercules was involved.
2: I I don't oh, really fuck know. If I know. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm trying to put too many parameters on
2: this. Clearly, no. I mean, I'm trying to like I can't even really remember what the plot was. It was like there, 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 there's, was... Some, there's some kind of rebellion of some of the olympic Olympic gods, uh, w- which two of them were Aphrodite and Poseidon. I don't know. I can't remember who the other two were. Boy, you were paying more attention than I was. But but they they they, they decided to rebel against Zeus, and they resurrect. King Minos from some weird reason. Oh god, that's right. And and so like there's this evil king who has literally this is how it's described. He has the powers of science. <laughs> yeah. The movie the movie is sort of like 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 these Greek gods discovered, "Oh, there's this thing called science we can use." And so it's like science versus magic, but the science part looks exactly like the magic part cuz it's literally just this King Minos shooting beams out of his eyes and shit. <laughs> it, 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 this movie doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. Th- this, movie, this is not
2: a coherent film. This
0: movie is twenty minutes of opening credits. Not kidding.
2: Oh yeah, so, the opening well, credits are insane. well. The
0: the opening credits involve Hercules punching a bear into space. So I'm good with that. <laughs> like, and then I'm not
2: joking. Then, She's not exaggerating. Not exaggerating. There's a, there's like a a shot of like orbital stuff happening after he punches there, the bear.
0: There are gradient neutral density filters being abused left and right. Yeah. Plus um, neon effects, a la Xanadu. Then there are there's a neon dinosaur versus a neon gorilla and end of movie. And you know what? I'm happy with that. I was I was very on board. <laughs> it passes Bechtel test. It does pass the Bechtel test. Yay.
1: <laughs> okay then.
0: Yeah, that's all right.
1: I, I have to ask how, how much alcohol is in the room during B-Fest? Zero. Uh,
2: none. It, it, it's it's a college campus. You can't. No, uh, a no co- booze. Inside a college building, so there's no booze.
1: No booze. Okay. I was just curious, because you mentioned that you were stone sober for this, and I was like, well, is being drunk an option?
2: No. I was just trying to like make it clear, like, <laughs> my inability to describe <laughs> this film had nothing to do with-
1: uh, <laughs> Inebriation. It, inebriation. Um, okay. Okay. Just
2: curious. I, I, I honest to God can't picture B-fest would be what b would be like if there was alcohol.
1: Oh,
0: God.
2: I, don't, I think I would just pass off. After I think <laughs> I would, too. I mean.
1: Yeah. I mean, the problem is a 24-hour film fest plus alcohol doesn't actually go all that well.
0: No, because it just makes you tired.
1: Yeah. The first six hours would be amazing. But I'm, sure th- that. I'm sure
2: there's a couple of guys who sneak in a flask or something. but Well, yeah. Um.
0: And I, I'm sure somebody goes outside to toke up or something like that. Yeah. Although that happens less in Chicago than it does in Austin, I can tell you that. (laughs) Oh,
1: come on. In Austin, the streets are
0: paved with weed. That's very true. (laughs) I mean, it's hard to compete with that. Okay, so the second film was Cal Tiki, the Immortal Monster. Yeah!
1: So the Immortal Monster is a tiki drink?
2: Well, I (laughs) wish, uh, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. there's always there's always one um like 50s there. He's made of
0: rum <laughs> yeah yeah this was like a, a 50s b-movie black and white uh quote based on an ancient mexican legend unquote yeah um
2: oh boy <laughs> Wait, when that when i saw that credit in the opening credits i i audibly laughed, I yeah. think. But- it
0: does not involve any rum, and it doesn't involve a raft that sails across the Pacific. And <laughs> Thank both- you, that's where I
1: went. I'm so glad you went there yeah. too, Melissa.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what was the guy's name? Heyerdahl? Yes. Thor, Thor Heyerdahl, uh, yeah. Thor, Thor- Heyerdahl was not, not involved dish- with this. And so- the Kon-Tiki. <laughs> yeah, the kon has nothing to do with Kaltiki. Best as we can figure, Kaltiki was like a loaf of bread monster, like a yeast monster. <laughs> it, 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 it was it's like a blob the- thing. It was, it's kind of a blob thing, but it kind of raises like bread. Um, doesn't seem to smell as delicious, but...
2: Basically, yeah. um, archaeologists go to uh, Mexico someplace, investigate some Mayan ruins. One of them dies, and so other archaeologists come to figure out what happened... And they find a, a hidden temple in uh in, in in below these ruins for Kaltiki, who was like i, I guess a Mayan goddess of death or something <laughs> um, there's like a big pool of water, and the guy dives down in the pool of water, which is really strangely brightly lit yeah um in and, a cave a, in a cave, <laughs> and he finds like oh here's all the sacrifice uh, sacrificial uh victims to Kaltiki, and there's all this gold and stuff, and he's like, oh, we're gonna be rich and then Blob monster attacks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, a a you know, blob of bread monster. Yeah, and they take like a a sample of the of the kimchi monster and put it in a in a tank and they put like a lid on it and then it grows. Yeah, it it is your kind of standard 50s
2: blob monster fair. And they, they they put it in like a glass case and they don't even bother to like seal the lid very well.
0: Yeah, they just kind of put <laughs> the lid on top like not like press it down like a tupperware they just kind of set it there <laughs> and it's like well you know y- your your gecko going to get out of that tank you know <laughs> it's just yeah um <laughs> you kind of deserve what's coming to you
2: eh. and, and it and it for a movie from the 50s it's amazingly gory yeah it uh, there's there, a guy it, who gets his arm eaten up by the blob monster and yeah i mean it's like kind of gooey gruesome. gruesome flesh on his skeletal arm kind of a thing
0: <laughs> i'm i'm actually looking through the uh the hashtag on uh, twitter for beef fest and looking back through all the tweets and uh evil jim posted i snap out of my days and a throbbing roast of beef is being forced down a hallway of a dollhouse that's beef fest
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like the guy who gets his arm uh blobbed yeah, like kind of goes mad. Like it, it, they're sort of implying like he's under like the mental influence of huh. uh, of the a- blob or, or something. Like because he's talking about like you know I have the power, I will conquer the world or something like that. It's it, and I kept going. I've seen this episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it, it, it does. Remi- it does remind me of the Seeds of Doom and the Crinoid a little bit,
0: and and Ark in Space a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, yes, definitely an, a Doctor Who title here.
2: Oh, and, and uh, <laughs> the movie was um, largely ghost directed uh, by Mario Bava.
0: Yeah, so what? there are points it's, where it's like his
2: first movie.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if it was his first, not movie, not I mean, his officially
2: first movie. But, yeah, yeah, but
0: it's, I mean, Bava did a ton of black and white stuff. But he, you know, every once in a while you watch the movie and go, yeah, that's very Bava there. The the shots are, you know, there's, some of the there's shots some, are there's really. There's some neat.
2: reaction close-ups that are. Yeah. Really look like something Bava would do. Yeah, especially yeah. early Bava.
0: So after that, we did Americathon.
2: Uh, huh? America-thon. I, okay,
0: oh? Americathon. Okay. Okay. I I actually
2: okay. I actually kind of like America-thon, Ameri- but, Americathon. But it's got some very dated things in it. Americathon we
0: went over very well, I feel. Yeah. Like. Um, when was it made? It was made in the 79, 70s. 79, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. And so it was written by Phil Proctor and one of the other guys from Firesign Theater, uh, Phil Proctor, oh. who's been to. Uh, Convergence before. And it is a satire about, it's in the future. 1998. 1998, the distant future of 1998. Uh, America is bankrupt, so they h- hold a telethon <laughs> to buy America. <laughs> so it doesn't,
2: you know, default and go to um, the, 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 <laughs> the Native the, Americans. <laughs> they're, 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 okay, America has essentially taken out a, a, a loan of $400 billion dollars from the richest man in the world who is played by uh chief dan george mm
1: mm-hmm. mhm
2: okay who who i don't know if you know you'd probably recognize him if you saw him he was like the uh native american actor in the 70s yeah you know yeah that. you'd recognize him and uh he he he's he's uh started some company that's become the largest company in the world or something and uh they have to pay him back by this certain date and they're so america decides to throw a telethon Okay, part of the premise is that there is no gas left in the world. Yep. And so everybody either jogs or rides a bicycle. There's this great opening credit sequence where it's like literally everyone jogging to work.
0: Yeah. Like
2: the entire population of L.A.
0: (laughs) And there's – and John Ritter is the president of the United States. Yep. And uh, Harvey Corman.
2: Harvey Corman is the MC of the tel- is
0: the MC of the Telethon, and there there are various little uh, cameos throughout the movie. It's like it, it's. I kind of just want that to really be a thing.
2: I know, right? And uh, there's a yeah, Elvis Costello has a cameo for some reason. Yeah, he just shows up for a scene. There, Jay Leno is in a scene. Yes, punching a grandmother. Uh, Jay Leno is in a scene. <laughs> Having a boxing, the premise is that it's a guy, you know, it's a boxing match between a mother and her ungrateful son or something. And he's the ungrateful son. So you get to see Jay Leno beat up by an old woman.
0: And, uh, but ultimately the old woman, you know, knocks him out because, you know, I presume he has a glass jaw. And
2: you get to see Meatloaf fight a car.
0: Yeah, Meatloaf fighting a car (laughs) is the greatest thing on earth because you have Meatloaf in like this little unflattering evil Knievel outfit with a javelin. (laughs) Facing down like a Lincoln Continental,
2: <laughs> it's like a Lincoln Continental trying to run him over in an arena, and he just keeps bashing it with like <laughs> random axes and hammers he has. Yes, it is. It's amazing. And he finally, and the car finally flips, and he jumps, and he stab, stabs it, the car in its belly, and he tears out the drive shaft <laughs> of a car and holds it over his head.
1: Is the car sentient?
0: No.
2: Or, or. it was like a weird gladiatorial combat thing. The, the the premise is everyone okay, it's 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 the future, there's no more gas left anymore. And so they're they're trying to think of acts they can uh
0: put on the telephone. put the on tel- the telethon. And the telephone phone is like thirty days long. So So like we're running
2: out of ideas. We've got to come up with something yeah. like well, you know. Like, well, well, what if we give away a car? It's like, God, no, no one has money for cars anymore. Everyone hates cars. Well, if everyone hates cars, let's just have a guy kill a car. It's like, all
0: right then, <laughs> and and there 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 are some just bonkers, really inappropriate things. You know, oh yeah, they, back, they, there's
2: there's the whole stuff that was satirical at a time, and now it just looks really, yeah. Really problematical.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've got uh, the uh, Vietnamese punk rock band played by white people, and oh. um,
2: <laughs> the and it's not really punk rock. It's like some sort of weird. It, honestly, it mostly reminded me of like Lady Gaga or yeah. something. Yeah. like like very dance oriented glam stuff, and and everyone and they're just kind of mean and sneery. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, yeah, yeah. You know, punk
2: rock by people who have no clue what punk rock is yeah,
0: yeah there and then there's the um was it like mother like father the tv show that harvey corman
2: was on before it was called like both father and mother and he, he's supposedly the star of this sitcom where he plays a like a, a transvestite cross-dressing guy who's a, who's just a normal everyday dad
0: which is kind of cool but
2: you know they were playing it for laughs of course which is like mm. but, but the big thing yeah okay the the major political force in the world and the most powerful country on earth which now like has controls like half the earth is something called the united hebrab republic
0: oh god oh god
2: the arabs and the jews oh, finally got along and formed one nation
0: <laughs> god
2: <laughs> and it's like every horrible stereotype of jews and arabs like at the same time
0: yeah, oh, yeah.
2: and and, oh. and here's the killer they united when they both realized that the that, that they had that what they had in common was the hots for blonde shixas.
1: Oh. <gasps> that was the uniting
2: force that 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 uh and created peace in the middle East
0: yeah <laughs> God. Oh, and, and,
2: and the the sort of Jewish co-head of the Hebrew Republic is uh oh I cannot think of the actor's name, but it's the guy who played Sidney Friedman on mash.
1: Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh dear. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So, so yeah. that like when that when that got announced, you could hear the whole crowd go. Ah! You know, like... <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Uh, Fred Willard's in it. Fred Willard's um, in it. Yeah. Let's see. Aww. George Carlin is the narrator, and he just sounds dejected <laughs> to be part of this movie.
2: <laughs> um, he doesn't put a lot of effort in. No, you
0: know? no. 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 Though um, you know, I uh I do like the part where the opening scene involves dinosaurs fighting for some reason. And it's like, well, this was meant to be at Bee Fest.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like this weird thing where it goes into the origins of petroleum. Yeah. So it's showing old stock footage from old dinosaur movies where it, like stop motion dinosaurs fighting. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and there were musical numbers, Wendy. Yeah. Oh Ooh. god. <laughs> The, the Harvey Corman um give us your gold song is really Yeah, special. the give us
2: your gold song. <laughs> um the
0: I really the... did want more musical numbers, I will say that. Yeah. But, but this is the movie that gave me Meatloaf battling a car with a javelin and really um that
2: that made me Oh, cool and that. and the and the Jerry stuff. What, 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 one of the running gags that, that oh that, yes that that became oh, Jerry! It, it became a running gag in the in the audience like usually like the audience will come up with some bit that turns into a running gag. The president in Americathon, I don't know if he's supposed to be the vice president or just his assistant or whatever, but is this really dumb guy named Jerry? He's like, oh, I go over here, okay, you know, like, yeah, sort of, yeah,
0: he's just, just kind of Mr. Ordinary
2: and uh, doing stuff for the president. And, and it just got into a thing where people started doing the Jerry Springer chant whenever the character showed yes. up. Yes, <laughs> it's like Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> and and uh, the movie ends with kind of a where are they now thing with um, President John Ritter isn't President John Ritter anymore. And it's like, and you know, it ends with, and we all know what happened to Jerry, and it shows Jerry being sworn in as president.
0: And and the audience just went yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Americathon did go over pretty well. I mean, with its flaws aside.
2: It's it's very 70s.
0: Very 70s. Whoa, so 70s. Anyway, from there, we went to Calling Dr. Death. Okay. So, Calling Dr. Death is this, I want to say 50s. Is it, yeah, It's
2: 1943.
0: 19, holy cow, that's right. It was earlier than they that.
2: They always have one from like the 40s or 30s. And this. And yeah. Calling Dr. Death was uh, the one from that.
0: Yeah. Oh. So we had we had uh, Mr. Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah, and a beautiful print. Good yeah. Lord, it was like pristine. I mean, it was different. I don't know but, how we, they got but it. But it was but, yeah. gorgeous. It was just beautiful. Um beautiful black and white little B movie from the 40s and um it is
2: about a uh, um, um Lon Chaney Jr plays yeah. a, a tormented I want to say psychiatrist. He's a psychiatrist who specializes in hypnotism. And, okay. and he, he has uh, a bad relationship with his wife and he's kind of like secretly in love with his nurse. Mm-hmm. And literally like half of this movie is just like whispered voiceovers of Lon Chaney's tormented thoughts
0: yeah there were a lot of dune jokes being bandied about it's like the spice <laughs> because you couldn't hear what the fuck was going on you could just tell there was some sort of whispering going on in the soundtrack and, and, like, and he keeps Never like he a of rain on arrakis
2: and, and you know he keeps having these sort of like blackout moments and suddenly waking up in his office again and his wife turns up dead all of a sudden Mm-hmm.
0: oh so there's a cop investigating And throwing shade on everybody and, you know, and there's just like suspicions all around and this kind of mystery thing going on and is, is he, did he murder his wife during a blackout? Did somebody else murder her? You know, that sort of thing. And eventually, I don't know, should we spoil it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's
2: unlikely anyone's ever going to see this movie.
0: Yeah, Um, it's pretty obscure. It turns out the nurse did it.
2: The the nurse was because she's
1: in love with him too.
2: Yeah, yeah, and the nurse uh, was like hypnotizing him to like forget things that happened, Mm -hmm. and 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 she actually killed the wife and a bunch of other stuff.
1: Was the nurse hypnotizing her to be in love? Hypnotizing him to be in love with her?
0: Yeah, that didn't seem to be necessary. I think they
2: both had like a uh, clearly had the hots for each other. They just kind of knew it couldn't happen because
0: because well, alive. I'm
2: married and we are coworkers or something. But uh, but
0: he found out. I mean, they got the evidence against the nurse by hypnotizing her and uh, getting. Oh my god! Well, that was exciting. Sorry. This was the movie where everybody in the movie had, like, the Atari uh, symbol on their upper lip because everybody had – Everyone had the pencil-thin mustache. But, like, with the little extra little thing that goes up underneath the nose. So it literally did look like the Atari logo over their lip. Yeah, everybody (laughs) had that Every
2: male character had a pencil – had a mustache. Yeah, the the wife
0: didn't have that.
2: Or the nurse, but (laughs) (laughs) –
0: Thanks. Thanks, Melissa. Mm. So after this we're we're nearing the midnight hour. So the tradition is, um, right before Plan 9 from Outer Space, they play The Wizard of Speed and Time from a really tortured 8mm print. <laughs> and they've been playing the same 8mm print for be- decades. Yeah. Um, so this, this, uh, film has really seen better days. So, um, this is the, the original Wizard of Speed and Time. It's like two, three minutes long, a little short film, uh, made by Mike Jitlov in the early eighties. And, um, so the tradition is everybody runs up on stage, lays down on the stage in front of the screen. And then when Wizard of Speed and Time starts running, everybody runs in place. Like they stop their, their feet, like they're running, even though we're, we're laying down the stage, and so we make all the the running noises as the running happens. And since you're in a really weird position, no matter how good a shape you are in, it hurts
2: like a motherfucker. I've never actually <laughs> done that, but everyone tells me like it's super exhausting.
0: Yeah, it's like I'm doing all right. Oh my god, I don't use those muscles. And, and so you do that for a couple minutes, and then uh, when the song starts, you know, you kind of mark, you stamp your feet in time with the song, and then it gets done. And then they feed the film through the projector again upside down and backwards. <laughs> and then you do the same thing except in reverse. And that's the tradition and I don't know why it's that way but that is the way it's done. That's a, yeah,
2: and something so, that that evolved.
0: And so this year it took them a long time to get the 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 projector working for the first, you know, regular screening and you know, finally we got it running like without sound. They
2: didn't they couldn't get the sound. <laughs> they
0: couldn't get it. the sound working, so we kinda did our own sound because literally all of us have seen it so many times that we can just sing the song with it anyway. And uh it used
2: to be shown a lot uh in the old con days.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. As
2: as like uh oh we have ten minutes of dead time in the film and ah, let's just put on Wizard of Speed in time.
0: Yeah. And uh, there was a guy dressed as the wizard running around.
2: There was a guy doing Wizard of Speed and Time cosplay. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so you know, after is the, whole- the stage big enough for everybody to do this, no, or is it maybe? first come first
2: uh, serve? Just like a select handful. It's yeah. it's. Um, <sighs> How do I describe it? It's
0: not a huge stage, but it is large enough you can do something. It's, you know,
2: like your lecture hall kind of, big big college lecture hall kind of
0: Okay, sure.
2: stagey area.
0: And, uh, you know, after Plan 9 happens, usually there's like an assortment of people just crashed out in the stage sleeping, (laughs) which is, you know, part of the ambiance. So, yeah, they couldn't get Wizard of Speed and Time working for the reverse part. So, they they went ahead and played uh, Plan 9 from It it said that they were going
2: to spend, like, Well, Plan 9 was to figure out what was going on and show it after Plan 9.
0: Yeah, which is what they did. So, Plan 9 from outer space happens, right? So, and this is the tradition. Every single year at midnight, Plan 9 from outer space happens. And everybody, or almost everybody in the theater, brings a stack of paper plates. And what happens is you you decorate the paper plates and you're on time. And then when Plan 9 happens, when the UFOs come on screen, everybody flings their paper plates up into the air and the auditorium just boils with paper plates. Just, just you throw them at paper. I wish heads. someone could
2: capture it on video sometime, because yeah, you really it's so don't you, you don't understand just how dense the air begins with paper plates.
0: Yeah, it just erupts. <laughs> yeah, just everywhere. It just it's mayhem. Thousands of the fuckers just go Bleh. And uh, and then, you know, the, the UFOs disappear and then everybody kind of runs around and collects the paper plates around them and looks and see, sees how um, people have decorated their plates. You keep a couple of the real cool ones and then you, next time the UFOs show up, they go, you just throw again, and that's just the way it goes that is how plan nine happens in this crowd and it's like rocky horror we've all seen it so many times you know there are, there's are lines you say at certain times you argue about whether the deck furniture is wicker or rattan you call out <laughs> i don't know
2: how that evolved but that's a thing yeah
0: i started the coffee and tea one this year yeah it's like nobody's doing the co- coffee tea coffee tea and it's like half the audience are arguing back and forth
2: you yell <laughs> um, you, you yell day and night depending on whether it's because there's so many day scenes cut with night scenes yeah, in, in the movie you
0: yell day or night uh whether it's bella lugosi or not bella lugosi not bella you yell tor every time tor shows up
2: You yell hot true. whenever vampira shows up yeah it's quite a thing and i i, I occasionally will be a, a a jackass and just yell like random things i see <laughs> in, in the like mailbox or something, farmer, farmer. I, <laughs> I think I, yeah, like the scene when when Bela Lugosi like leaves his front door and uh-huh. like picks a flower and is all sad. Uh-huh. I like like at, at that point I, I started yelling like you know doorknob, mailbox, railing, and 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 I was sitting uh, behind like some teenage kid. <laughs> And the teenage kid just turns around and looks at me and just went like, "Thanks," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> thanks, thanks." Yeah, just your classic sarcastic what, is teenage a
0: spoiler. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, just the most. Classic dripping with contempt, sarcastic teenage kid thing. You know, <laughs>
0: you, thanks. You, you, know? <laughs> you you've done your your work well, Kelvin. Yeah. You really have. And I, I love how excited the the audience gets for the your stupid vines, stupid, stupid. That that whole thing. Everybody just waits for it, and then it's yay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they're just a little hallmarks. And then and then uh, the hero punches the alien and. Um, there, there's a, there's a running gag throughout all of B fest and all the movies like whenever there's uh, an explosion or macho behavior or you know excessive gunfire or something everyone just just starts chanting USA USA USA. USA.
0: USA. <laughs> So plan nine happened. Um, They did get uh, wizard of speed and time working again. So we ran up and did more running again and go, Oh my God, this hurts. And uh, And they did
2: the reverse running. They did the reverse
0: running thing. And uh, so, you know, we were, we were sated. We, we were happy.
1: Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to live without
0: tradition. Right, right, right. You know, traditions are important. So then after that, we did The Human Tornado. The Human Tornado. Which is... Uh, Rudy, <laughs> <laughs> Rudy is so exciting.
2: Rudy Raymore. Oh, oh God. God. You can't even... How do you describe Rudy Raymore? Okay, so have oh you God. seen
0: Dolomite? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's
2: Rudy Raymore. Rudy Raymore. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the Human Tornado is is like uh, kind of a Dolomite sequel. I mean... I, uh, you, uh, <laughs> kind of. It, it It's Rudy Ray Moore's weird, plotless, kind of. I guess it's an action movie, kind of. Maybe it's a comedy. I don't know. Kind of.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's. Yeah, oh, what was. Is there. A, okay, there was a plot. The Rudy Ray Moore character is in bed with a white woman, and her cop husband comes in with his deputy, and. They shoot her, and then they're going after him, and he escapes. But, uh, you know, the the rest of the plot is kind of
2: unintelligible, but by
0: God, things happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it, it, um, it opens up with, like, a weird, like, concert footage of Rudy Ray Moore doing his stand-up act. And he has, like, what? the worst stand-up act in the universe. It, it's like really horrible misogynistic insult comedy yeah yeah and <laughs> he was, he
0: was he a
1: stand-up
2: comic oh, yeah he, he was a he was a comedian
1: oh he's okay. he was
2: ostensibly a comedian but uh it's so hard to pick up on that in, <laughs> his films but uh yeah he's doing like you know like his horrible insult comedy at some really sleazy looking club and then it'll occasionally uh intercut with uh what would you call it? Not strip tease isn't the right word. No, she's but but very very women barely wearing any clothes doing some kind of gyrating. Thing. Very aggressive gyrating. Yeah. The, very
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was.
2: And, that was, that and, was and, like, and his suits. My God, the outfits this man has. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, it was. Oh, wow. It's the most, you know, seventies pimped up outfits you could ever believe. Ooh. Like. Fever dream levels of it. It's, yeah, it, um, it was
0: really extraordinary. Like there were flowers like embroidered on the lapels of these zoot suits. It was really extraordinary, and so there shootings happen. Plot happens. Um, there's a guy peeing in a sink. Oh no! That's um, okay. There, that there's, scene is so terrible. There, there is a sex scene um, <laughs> that in, that involves some sort of exercise equipment, um, and and it ends with the woman mashing a banana on him. Um oh. there's. Let's see. I, I, I,
2: have, I have to describe the peeing in the sink scene.
0: Yeah, you do. You really do.
2: I for for some reason they basically steal this guy's car and are driving to California. For some reason <laughs> it's so hard to follow the plot in this movie um and this guy's like you know they, they get they have a, a a gas stop and this guy's like man i gotta piss so bad you know he's like running into the men's room and he opens he opens the door to the bathroom and there's a fat woman sitting on the toilet and she starts shrieking and he's like, oh, I just got to use the sink here, lady. And he starts peeing into the sink. And the woman, this fat lady is shrieking and like hitting him with a purse while he's sitting there peeing, making goofy faces. And and that's a scene. That is a scene.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's oh, like
2: no. so it's like so horrible that I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, I, I can't believe this is enter- <laughs> I can't believe this is entertainment. What?
0: Oh, I don't know that it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then and then there's that that crazy white lady with the snake who shows up with the white hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what the? And the why torture, does she have to do with anything? Uh, apparently, she had something to do with the torture chamber. Yeah. But, um. So <laughs> there, there okay. is literally. I,
1: you guys gotta understand what this sounds like from the outside. Oh, it's hilarious. You gotta understand what
2: it's like watching it. Uh, yeah. Good. Good lord. <laughs> w- no. w- we 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 are not trying to make. The movie incoherent
0: <laughs> it is already like that we are we are just we, we are just messengers we are just relaying this experience okay no we haven't gotten to the crazy part yet No, don't. The, okay. the crazy part this scene happens this thing is literally emblazoned in my brain so rudy raymore like goes undercover like he puts on a disguise and he he oh god,
2: he, this scene. This
0: oh. yeah yeah, you know the one I'm going. Oh for. my god! So he puts on a disguise, like glasses, and he 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 pretends to be a door to door salesman selling erotic velvet art. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he goes up to to this uh, this rich white woman's place, and he shows her
2: the 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 art, and she. This gets, is the wife of the mob boss. They're like trying to get back at.
0: Yeah yeah, so so he. This is part of his revenge plan. So he he shows her the erotic art, and she is like on like a switch. And so they they okay. I think this is a sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> so so she 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 starts like fondling like right at the door. She like undoes her nightie and like starts fondling her breasts, and then she kind of goes into a fugue state, and you can kind of see the inside of her brain. And the the next shot. Is her laying on giant children's blocks that say bed? So she's laying on them like a bed and says bed. And then there's like a toy box in the side of the room, and the toy box opens. (laughs) And a nude black man rises out of it with like little rouge on his cheeks, like a clown. But that's like the only thing he's wearing. And he rises out of it and walks walks into the next room. And, and another, another one, guy comes. Another black man rises out of the toy box. He's like
2: and... black muscle men just keep yeah, coming just, out of this toy box. <laughs> just
0: ripped muscle men. And then you know the next shot is like all of them like arrayed on children's blocks, But the the white woman is like voguing around them. And then. Um, and then, and then, like, then sex is happening with Rudy Ray Moore, but, um, <laughs> the bed is, like, levitating, like, in The Exorcist, and, like, banging around, <laughs> and then the ceiling falls The ceiling in.
2: collapses, and the walls are falling down.
0: Um, and they're still having sex under the fallen ceiling,
2: like, you can see their feet underneath the Yeah, you can see ceiling. their legs kind of kicking out yeah, under the... Yeah, and,
0: and, like, from underneath it's... the chandelier. Um... God, am I missing anything?
2: What? Probably, but I can't yeah, for the Lord. life of me place it right okay. I, Oh, my God. I
0: know it's
1: foolish, but I still want to ask, wh- why was the bed floating? <laughs>
0: oh, fuck if I know. Is I this think, a supernatural I, I think it would, I think film? It would,
2: I think this was Rudy Ray Moore's attempt at uh, symbolically conveying really great sex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh wow that was a really generous Calvin. and that the whole thing ends in this in this giant shootout at a party um yeah it, so it, it, wow
2: yeah a really long fight scene at a party which is all done with with, with uh, the camera undercranked, so it's all sped up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a bizarre just like movie, like a Benny Hill. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and I don't know if they're like trying to make it more actiony or funny. You know, it's like I, it's so b- bewildering. <laughs>
0: Everybody was just kind of watching it with their jaws open, just like, "What the? What am I watching?" <laughs> Which is, of course, why we come to this event.
1: All right, listeners, we're gonna boop right there and pause halfway through our exciting befest extravaganza because uh, twenty-four hours doesn't go into one hour very well. So we're gonna make this a two-parter. So right now we have some uh, pleasure dome recommendations for you, Melissa. Do you have something?
0: I do. Wendy sent me a hat. <laughs> I got a hat. I got a hat. I got a hat. Okay, so uh, dear listeners, I came home today and uh, there was this package on my counter, and I opened it. It's from Wendy, and it's it fits over my head, um, and because it, it, it's a hat, and uh, but it pulls down over my eyes, and it's a mask, and there, it's a knit Batman hat. It's great. It's great. I am a bat. Although I, the first photo I took of it, I actually can kind of flip the ears down a little bit, so it's like I'm Batmite. Oh, yes. So I can be both Batmite and Batman with with the hat I got from Wendy.
1: And I was concerned that the ears were wrong. I'm like, oh no, that's not what it's supposed to look like. Oh no, you okay? You did that, and you're happy. Okay. Well, that's okay then. That's okay then.
2: Because it's pretty great. Happy
1: birthday, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. <laughs> It's pretty I, great. I would have given it to my husband, but we don't really need hats down here like that. No. Eh.
2: <laughs> not <laughs> exactly. No. No, not no. really.
1: All right, Kelvin. Do you have a pleasure dome recommendation?
2: Uh yes, when when we were in Chicago, we stopped at a a Benny's liquor store.
0: Uh, first of all, Benny's is awesome for buying liquor.
2: Benny's is yeah, it's one of those big ass uh, liquor stores that has just about anything you could possibly imagine in in there. Yeah. And I just I wanted to get some beer I hadn't had before. And I stumbled upon this brown ale. Oh god, Kelvin. From <laughs> uh I can't think of the name of the brewery right now, but they're in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's called The Brown Note. Oh God. <laughs> and and and, and the, the the cans are are are, are lovingly illustrated. Oh. <laughs> With some the like uh, some sort of hairy guy wearing uh, baggy, tidy, whitey underwears that are have a little, kind of a little stain bit. on them. Oh, the Kelvin! The Kel- the Kelvin. And, and and there's this loving uh, a co- ad copy on there about you know you're gonna have the brownest brown ale ever and all this kind of stuff. Kelvin. <laughs> And like, I'm like, okay, I'm getting this. Did it taste good? It tasted like brown ale.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did try it. It, it was okay. Yeah, it's, but, it's, but oh god, it's so I'm. I was it like, is the
2: most distasteful packaging to see. <laughs> Who
0: thought yeah, that again, was Calvin, a good idea? Calvin walks up to me with this beer, and he's he is grinning ear to ear. And he is so happy. <laughs> I'm so, oh god, I can't even look at that packaging. Good lord. <laughs> okay dear listeners i have traveled with kelvin a lot we have spent in my life in my life i have spent a lot of time in a car with kelvin or sitting in a movie theater with kelvin or sitting on my couch with kelvin and he can be an incredibly brainy human being at sometimes but there there's nothing that pleases him more than a good poop joke (laughs)
2: I I was a twelve-year-old boy once,
0: and apparently still are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of a defining moment, really. (laughs) It's like I I had to buy it. I know you did. I know.
1: Yeah, that's that's I am compelled to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I could have drunk that. I, I think I would have just been like, "Well, I'll take a picture and post it online." Now, had
2: it had it been like a chocolate stout. Oh, okay. oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> See that might have been that might have been a bit more challenging to to to, to, to get to. Uh-oh. But Kelvin, Uh-oh.
0: next year we're buying another <laughs> pack of that stuff, and we're going to visit the poop fountain. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And you are going and to And there will be
1: pictures. I want be, a photo journal essay. We and it, it will be
0: like inception for Kelvin. It will be like poop <laughs> joke inception. He might explode. Poopception. <laughs> poops
1: within poops within poops.
2: Uh, oh just a big endless spiral.
1: Also then Kelvin, I want a picture of you sitting on a toilet drinking that beer. Uh, we, we can make um, this happen.
2: A boom I, boom shot.
1: Yeah, I just, okay. like seriously. There's a there's a photo essay in there.
0: That's what I've heard them called. <laughs> I know, I know, ever I know. Anyway, okay,
1: I'm gonna move us along here. No, we, there, there's so much more poop we can talk
2: about.
0: <laughs> Kelvin. <laughs> yeah, belches, farts, and poop. <laughs>
2: there, we, we have so had <laughs> Kelvin, We have there, had so many discussions about these three when things. You, when you, when you, when you. When you think too much and see all the horrors of the world <laughs> out there, you need you need the sweet relief of, of the most lowbrow humor that you can possibly generate. You
1: need the sweet relief <laughs> of a good bowel movement.
0: I, at least I know that, you know, when we're riding back from Beef Fest and I've eaten a ton of onions over the weekend, it's like Kelvin won't care. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know what? You got to fart, man. You it got, just, it, yeah, it,
0: yeah. It's
2: fine. It's, it's fine. just you know, there, there will be no judgment there. It's the great, it's the great equalizer. <laughs> we all do it.
0: Okay, let's let's let <laughs> okay. rein this back in. Um, it I in never, I've no, in no, oh, no Calvin, more, daddy, no. Calvin, no. Calvin, Calvin, <laughs> Calvin, <laughs> Calvin, <laughs> Calvin. There is <laughs> more it up. to life. There is more to oh, life. Oh,
2: bullshit. <laughs>
1: I have a pleasure to have a recommendation. Okay, um, okay, Okay, yeah. okay, okay uh, Speaking of hats, uh, I have found a YouTube tutorial on how you can crochet your very own BB-8 hat. Yay! Oh, neat. Crochet is pretty easy to learn. She does a really good job of showing you how. I, I prefer crochet because you can't fuck up crochet in the same way you can fuck up knitting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And it's super fast, Right. You can right. make a you can make a hat in an afternoon if you really just sit down and do it. So we'll link that in the show notes if you want to get your geek on and put your geek on your head. You can make a BB8
0: hat. I would like to note Kelvin is sitting next to me, like twitching and giggling
1: because <laughs> I'm talking about BB8, and he is and he's,
0: literally he's, exploding with poop. He's so- <laughs> Kelvin, you're full of shit. Yes,
2: I am.
1: (laughs) All right. We're going to wrap this up. Listeners, this has been part one of our Beefest extravaganza. Tune in next week for part two, and we will talk to you more about shitty movies in Chicago for fun and games or
0: something. (laughs) You said shitty.
1: (laughs) 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 I feel like shitty is a little judgmental. Like it came out. I'm like, that's a little judgmental. Like crappy. It seems more friendly. Like, so, okay, listeners- Next next week, part two. Crappy movies in Chicago. You get a C for crappy and a C for Chicago for a B B fest. Ha! Part Yay. two. Yay! So I've been Wendy. That's been Melissa. Yay! And Kelvin is over there. <laughs> <laughs> next week. I'm sorry. What?
0: Next week. Well, Let's poop. <laughs>
2: I'm terrible. Just, I'm an awful human being. Yes,
0: you are. Just close it, when you Close it. Close <laughs> it's it. It's
1: closed. It's closed. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye.
2: <laughs> I'm terrible.
1: Yes, you are. I'm so bad. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome.
0: And when you buy a two-pound brick of dolmades, you don't want to eat them all at one time.